Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. Stoked. Today's guest on the show is Rob Priory. Rob Von Puros. I always feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong, but Rob's a legend. One of the OGs in foiling. One of the first guys to foil in Australia. He's been on the show before, and it's been over a year. Um, If you haven't listened to the first episodes, go back and do that. Very cool stories about... Um, making their own foils, attaching them to surfboards, um, some of the absolute sketch moments that they had in doing so. Just pretty wild stuff. Um, Today we go through foils that he has been riding, his journey into winging, some of the projects that he's done in his chop shop. If you don't follow him on Instagram, give him a follow um because it's always entertaining uh and as right now he's on a quest to get barreled which is uh insane so some of the clips on instagram are are pretty insane and he's gonna do it um so before we dive in i have been i didn't think it was possible to be more frothy on foiling but as i have progressed through the sport and as my mind has opened up to all the different ways in which we can tap into energy in the ocean, the sport continues to get better and better. And it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And so winging was a big one for me. Just the ability to tap into offshore bumps on the wing, um, opened up days that otherwise wouldn't have been that fun. And now downwind. Um, my dive for the last couple weeks has been uh, the Kalama SUP. That is a genius board. I keep telling Dave you should call it the cheat code because it just makes everything more fun. And I practiced. We had a flat spell about a week and a half ago, and I started practicing flat water starts. And I got to the point where I could start the 1440 in flat water, which gave me a ton of confidence to and 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 what was interesting was that on the 1440 I thought my first my first inkling was well I want to be on the biggest tail I'm gonna use the stock tail that it came with and I think that's the way to do it and I really couldn't do it and I took it offshore a couple times tried to downwind start it and was having a really difficult time I could get it up onto foil and downwind bumps but then I could never keep the bump I think it was just too slow so then I came and put on the Kajira 178 and flat water starts became much easier for me and then the downwind starts just unlocked I'm tuning it incredibly flat um, like the negative one millimeter or the positive one millimeter shim so taking out one millimeter of lift and the downwind starts then unlocked. And that has given me a ton of confidence to go offshore and chase bumps, which has now happened. And I've about three good downwind sessions in, two on the SUP, one prone. And it's a whole new world. Um, I love shore runners. Shore runners and downwind are very different. Shore runners, you're focused on kind of weaving in and out of the, the surf line 
Um, you're really attacking in certain places. You have a lot of comfort in a shore runner because you can always get the next chip, so you can really surf hard. And then downwind, I'm playing a few hundred meters, three or 400 meters farther offshore. And there's more consequence in regards to you don't really want to fall out there. Um, but it's much less cardio. I mean, downwinding, that is a much... It's not an easier game. I won't say it's easier because it is from a mental standpoint, uh, strategy, like it, it's difficult in that regard. But from a cardio perspective, I'm doing 10, 15 minute runs and not even, I'm not out of breath when I finish, which on a shore runner, if you're doing a 10 or 15 minute run, I mean, you're, I mean, it feels like you're, you're running miles. So unreal. And now there's a whole nother way to approach the ocean, another option and I just can't believe it. And Florida just becomes more and more and more fun because with the way our coast works here, you have it all on offer basically on <laughs> to close out sandbar banks, which is just unreal. So it's about as frothy as I have ever been. And it's just unbelievable. I can't wait to see where, where this whole thing goes in the next couple years. So I hope everyone's out there getting it and, you know, have as much fun as we are here. Next episode up is Brody Sutherland, the designer of the Cabrina wings. And that uh, episode is fantastic. I learned a lot from him. I think you guys are going to love it too. Stay tuned for that. in another few days, probably, um, probably end of this week coming up and yeah, a few good shows, uh, already scheduled, that I'll be recording here in the next little bit. It's been a it's been a fun stretch on the podcast, and thank you guys for all the positive feedback. And always feel free to hit me up with questions and comments. And yeah, oh, one last note. Um, been working with Cliffy a ton, and I should be testing first prototypes in about two weeks, and I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, it's insane. Uh, I don't know exactly what I'm allowed to say publicly yet. So I'm going to withhold some of that, but the concepts are amazing and the way in which we're figuring stuff out is incredible as well. So I think the project is going to, is going to bear fruit and that stokes me out more than anything. So, all right, guys, hope you're having fun and enjoy the show. See ya. Rob, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How are you? Yeah, great to be back, Eric. So, a bit over a year. Eh? It's a long time between drinks for you and me. I suppose like I've been keeping tabs on you on the on the social media, mate. You're definitely ripping on that 105.9 Takuma. Hey, I love that thing. It's it's a really good foil, and it's really good once you get a stiff mast on it too. It 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 unlocks the surfing for me. But you've been jamming on the the Cabrinas lately, huh? How good are they? Yeah, well, it's, it's, see, well, I've the, the problem for us now, like since COVID and all that, we we used to get all the gear really early, but now the with the flights down, the air freight is gone. So, well, I still we we probably had six or seven of those one hundred one hundred nine fives came in. I didn't get one, and um, still waiting for one. And I've actually now got this Cabrino. I've been waiting for months for. I've actually cancelled it. So it's been the, the Takuma is just so hard to get here. It's been a range of different reasons they've changed 
uh, distributors and there's been, you know, the same old deal with COVID. So I've still never ridden one. It's unbelievable. Hey, I've, I just sort of had to give the dream up. And yeah, and I was never super impressed with their mask setup because I used to have my Takuma stuff. So I actually modified one of my Axis fuselages. I chopped the front off and put a Takuma head on it so I could take that wing. But I've ended up selling that now that our fuselage has gone to Canada. So it's a, there's a lucky fella over there. So now I've got that with his 1095. Oh, it's epic. I'm liking it on the no limits. It's an 80. It's uh, stiff and fast. It's, it's really good. It seems to unlock the surfing once you put it on a different mast. Yeah, well, it's strange you say that because, you know, I'm, I'm like you. Like, I really like a stiff mast, hey, and, um, and, you know, and the same with I had the Axis carbon mast. I ended up selling that, and then I, I went back to their, their thin 16-millimeter one for the prone and the 19 for the ding, so I just like that stiffness. And uh, because when they I found with the Axis ones, they, they the carbon one did flex. It was flexing up near the base plate. Mm-hmm. And and the way I, I up all on the, on my wing ding, so that means I stand up on the board first and I lift the board up, so that that wobble would unsettle better. Yeah. So, but the different this thing with this Cabrina though is it's not a stiff mass, but it feels amazing. It's got this. I've, I've seen you see how it's like it's swept, so it's actually sort of narrow in the middle and it's wider at the top and the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually so it's giving it like a bit of movement down low, and it actually seems to really suit it because I actually ordered a 90 centimeter aluminium Cabrina mask and I, I put that on and it, it feels it just doesn't feel anything like the carbon one it's got there now so you've ridden haven't you how, how did you find it so I love them I love them now I cracked my 80 so it's, I'm still using it but I have some little hairline cracks on the between the base and the mast on my 80 and Cabrina was real good. They said, Brendan over here in the state said he's going to send me out a, you know, a warrantied math. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet, but you know, I, I feel like maybe it's a little bit more flex, but I do like the design. I feel like the design and maybe that's something, you know, like the no limits, the Sagers, they have a little bit more cord at the bottom, just like the Cabrina. And it might help a little bit, kind of just like having a little bigger fin down there, something a little bit more to push on for us bigger guys. I think that weight is generally very overlooked when it comes to design and stiffness. I think that there's a big difference between someone who's a buck 50 and pushing 200 pounds in however. Yeah. 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 I know, that, that, that is true too. You know, and it's, it was got a little bit frustrating too. And that's like, you know, in my early days on the Armstrong, there wasn't sort of for me, you know, that higher weight range, you know, I came off the Kajira 980 mm-hmm. and then I swapped over to the Armstrong and then, you know, I, I had there the 12, was it 1250, yeah? 1250, yeah. And, yep. and I was still getting like collapse and dropouts, you know, and then sort of they're sort of saying, oh, you know, you should get the 1550. And I said, you know, I've just come off a 980. I didn't particularly want to ride that bigger wing. Like there, was, there wasn't really much there for, you know, my size, you know, in the Armstrong race, there is now with all these other new wings, but that was sort of part of the reason why I didn't last too long on the Armstrong, you know, it just had a very limited wing supply. And then you go to you go to the Axis, and this is a, quite funny because people would just say, oh, you know, they're complaining there's too many wings, which just is a, um, it's, it's just a, a crazy analogy. Like, how can you complain about a, a brand having too many wings where, you know, where you finally find one that suits you in, in your weight range, you've sort of got one or two above and one or two below. So, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's just like going into a nightclub and saying, oh, 
there's too many girls here, you know. It was just a, a, people's, I just, you know, they go, why don't they just make one or two good wings? And I said, how can you do that for uh, all the different sizes, the people's sizes out there? It's just, you know, uh, there's so many, you see so many um, of these good riders, you know, like Oscar, the, the pump king goes around chatting on the camera for three minutes, doesn't even get tired. You know, he's sort of barely 70 kilos, you know, so it's a massive weight. You know, I'm sort of 20 kilos heavier than some of these guys, you know, right. 40 pounds. So it's a big difference. It's a big difference. And it's great, like, what Axis has got there. And now they've got Casey on board. There's going to be even more wings coming out too, you know. So, yeah, it's, there's just so much stuff coming out. And, and I think everyone's gone a little bit mental on the super high aspects you know people have sort of been snapping them up they sort of got your armstrongs and you sort of like you know and then you've got the the arts in the axis range and I've, I've put some of those wings like you know did you watch the winter olympics did you watch the mogul skiing i did not know yeah, well okay well but anyway i was what was pretty amazing but the way they score the mogul skiing is it's 20 percent for speed 20 percent for height and your jumps and it's 60 percent for style and this is how I've sort of rated some of these uh, these high aspect wings. Is they're great. They are great at some things. They're great at the air <clears throat> and and the speed. But overall, you're getting drop downs and you're coming off. So you know you're getting an overall lower score. So I found with the Axis wings, I was a far better rider overall on the HBS than on the ART range. Did you have you found that with some of the super high aspect wings? So absolutely. And, and there's something else that I would kind of bring into this conversation right now. And that is, there are a lot of times when I'm in the water and I'm riding, say a lift with 20, or I don't know, something that's a little bit more nuanced to the Cabrina 800. And yeah. I feel like I'm absolutely ripping. I know how critical the turns are. I know where I'm putting them, but then I see it on video and it's not much better, maybe two, 5% better, but then the rest yeah. of the surfing is looking bobbly. And it yeah, yeah. takes away from the aesthetic that I kind of try to like in my surfing. And so I found myself gravitating towards what I'm calling more deliberate foils, which are, you can just trust them more. You know, everything that I'm tuning right now is tuned for maybe 90% performance, 90% efficiency, but I can surf 100% on it at all times instead of having hundred percent speed and efficiency where I'm surfing at like 80, 90% because I'm a little bit worried about, you know, pitchiness in a turn or, or something like that. I find that's a, I like that style of surfing more. So it's kind of hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Cause you know, I go out with my mates and you know, like everyone, like it's this, it's crazy. Hey, like probably two of us on the same brands. It's the biggest mix. It's amazing. Like, whereas before you used to sort of have your Armstrong camps and your access camps and, the go foil camps. Now just everyone's just split up with everything and it's crazy. But you see these guys and and I know there's guys that are riding <clears throat> super high aspect wings and they're too heavy for them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just, you know, there's just a sniper sitting up on the hill just taking them out every couple of minutes, you know, just boom, they're down. And you know, they still sort of come in to some, I'm frothing over the foil because it goes so fast and it turns so hard. I go, yeah, that's good. How about completing a wave you know it's a it's i know exactly what you're talking about too and what's what i found about on this cabrina 1000 you know it just feels like it's built for me it's it's quite amazing i haven't ridden the 800 they're Mm. they're pretty hard to get here and it's just my whole overall score has just raised my consistency and i'm not i'm just not dropping down you know i was out on a wing yesterday for 
like an hour and 40 and didn't even come off my wing, which is quite amazing. You know, out, I was out in the ocean. I was actually out on the bombie where we do our toe-ins on the wing. So it was quite amazing. And I've just, they know, that's why I'm sort of taken by it because just my consistency is up. And that's, this is the sort of the wing I've been sort of looking for. And by watching you too, you know, I've gone back over your Insta and, mate, you're just buttery smooth. You're like, you're foiling really well, hey. You know, I decided probably like six months ago that, I mean, I'm, I obviously spend a lot of time thinking about this and it's, I don't know, almost an OCD thing, but like deciding where I want to foil in a couple years. And I think that the sport is going to get insanely radical. And I'm not, I've never really been an air guy, even in surfing, right? Like I like big turns and the goal has just been to create kind of like a real timeless, just make everything as smooth as possible, put radical back in at some point, but just try to like, you know, everything is as buttery as possible. Just keep speed. You know, it's all about, for me, it's all about like the speed game at this point. Like I just never, I don't like bobbles. I don't like losing speed. Um, yeah yeah well then and also too like these high flow turns you know there's like you get speed from them. a lot of people don't realize that because you know there's a lot of guys who just go down the line i sort of call it poo shooting you got a lot of guys who just foil like that they just poo shoot down the line and they, they swing around and they'll, they'll pump a lap they'll pump another lap and that's fine that's what they want to do that's sort of what they want to get out of it but you know i'm, I'm exactly like you i suppose all we want to do is just surf like adam bennett's hey mikey <laughs> you know? sorry i said mikey february that's the guy yeah. that at it. And then Griffin. I, I love the way that both of those guys flow. And yeah. I mean, obviously. Adam. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. Sort of, and then, the, then you sort of got your other your straps build, all the guys doing all the big, you know, like, you know, mate, I, all honesty, I'm not sort of, I don't even have straps on my wingboard. You know, I'm just so afraid of a, you know, like an injury from something like that. And my age, mate, I'm, you know, I don't want to be out of the water for three, four months with something like that. And so that's why I've never really been big on straps. But yeah, it's a, you know, we don't tow with straps either. But mm-hmm. yeah, some of those big moves are, they, they are appealing, but I really don't think I'll be going down that line. You know, I've decided on the straps that it'll happen when I'm getting bored with everything else I'm doing, when I feel like I need a new challenge. And I haven't felt that way yet. I mean, right now we're, dude, Rob, this is so incredible. I, last night I took out the, the Takuma 1440. A buddy Pedigo continues to tell me it's a great wing in the surf and I wing on it all the time. I love it. But in the surf, I've just yeah. it once I was like, this kind of a dog. I was on the stock tail it came with and that tail's terrible. Yeah. And, but last night it was like, it's cold here still. Like our water's like 63, 65. And it yeah. was a beautiful afternoon. I did not feel like putting on a wetsuit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on the 1440. I'm going to put on the KD 13 R and I'm just going to go out and just see how long of a run I can do. It's surf, you know, like it was clean. There was no wind, two feet at nine seconds. swell, just real mellow put on the 1440. And I did like 12 to 15 minutes just in the surf, just pumping around. Like, and my cardio was not even close to tapped at the end. I could not. Wow. It's, wow. it's so it's like kind of open my eyes. I think I'm going to do a runner on it today just to see what's possible. It's slow, but it's, you know, like, the working range of cardio, it felt like I was jogging, you know, 12 minute miles, which you can do for a long time versus yeah, yeah. 1095. You're jogging nine minute miles and you know, like the 800 Cabrina, you're jogging seven minute miles and it just limits the range. But I was just blown away. Like every, like, I guess the point there is like, we've been doing this sport now. You were ahead of me probably by six months, a year or something like that. So, and I'm like yeah. years in right now. And yesterday I had something happen that kind of blew my mind and that continues to happen it's just like it's so beautiful 
oh yeah it's you know yeah i'll, I'll never stop improving and that's the thing and you know every you know, there's a funny comment like geez you've been falling for so long i say i should be heaps better <laughs> i've been at it so long but uh, but yeah it's i sort of had a bad wind i just had this little, like a little achilles injury and a couple little things i sort of I really dropped backwards hey so i stay i stuck on the axis for so long just to give myself some discipline because i'm swapping brands all the time you know it too sometimes you know, you got to be careful what you wish for. Getting all these great new foils to try, it actually can send you backwards. You know, it's yeah, and it's and sort of I've been really focused. And sort of, so you've only ridden the eight hundred Cabrini, is that right? Not the thousand. I have the six fifty, eight hundred, and thousand. I like oh, you do. That you, got, yeah. oh, you got the six fifty. Send it over. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I haven't ridden the eight hundred, but I found. A, so how do you find the thousand? It depends on the surf. The thousand surfs better. Um, it is slower on the pump you can feel the drag on the right day you feel like you could pump yeah. for a long time the 800 yeah. covering so much more ground on it though i yeah. like lines of a thousand draws more i like that it's got a good speed to stay in the pocket of a wave where the 800 is kind of like a lift 120 where you find yourself on the shoulder really quickly you can't yeah tail yet so that's coming i know foil parts is making an adapter so anyone out there with the cabrina that's going to be really exciting oh they've actually they've actually got the tail you can actually buy the just the fuselage with the 30 the 35 millimeter holes and just screw on any tailing well it's 35 and it's top mount so like the the tail oh, sorry of course it's top mount yeah 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 sorry it is top mount yeah you can't do it yeah so I've, I've, adam's been in contact kd so and i have too so he's gonna he's knocking up a couple as well so i will see what comes out of there but i'm pretty happy with that tail hey so I haven't, like I say, just out of the box. It's, you know, maybe it's just, it just suits me a lot more than it suits other people, but I'm just absolutely in love with it. Just, but the one thing I have done is from when I first started writing, and I just put that video up at Byron Bay, and, it, you know, it looks pretty good. I've actually got it almost five inches further forward now, which is quite amazing for me because I've never been a real front of the box guy, but I am now on this one. Yep. And what it's what it's made me realize is because I like I say I had that bad winter with the Achilles my pop up was I think I, was t- I spoke to you about it last time my pop up was bad for like 6 months. And so I had my the the axis has got tons of lifts I had it all the way back and then now I've just been watching these videos and I realized I was quite a fair way back on the board my feet were sort of close together and Adam's been talking about you know opening up his stance and what it's done by moving it forward is I'm now surfing off the front foot more and I'm putting more pressure into these turns and as I was talking about before getting the speed out of these turns I'm sort of driving more off the front foot than the back foot I'm, I'm actually coming out faster out of the turns and it just flows a lot more and you don't get that where you're coming into a hard turn and you've got that little bit too much pressure on your back foot you sort of get like a little bit of a mid-turn uh, breach yep. where this just keeps that extra pressure on the front. And uh, that's, I've sort of been looking at it at you too. You sort of, you, you're definitely got that wide as well. Uh, looking at the way, and I was looking at where you had all your masks set up on your board as well. I bring my mast as far forward as I could possibly handle. And I actually tune a lot of tails, like positive shim now. So yeah. you take away lift so I can have the mast up farther. And then, I, a lot of times, like I'll move my front foot back as I connect into waves. So from where I pump to where I surf, I move my front foot like two inches back. So I get even more front foot pressure. Yeah. That was huge. Okay. Once I figured that out, it really unlocked some stuff for me being able to, I hate that when you have to move your center of gravity back through a turn. I think that, that yeah. One of yeah. The, this whole project I'm working with Cliffy now, it's been unbelievable, you know, talking to him about what we're looking to design. Is that Cliff from uni? 
Yeah. So I don't know if you yeah, listened yeah. to the last podcast, but I was joking around with Cliffy on the podcast, said it'd be fun to design a wing. And he hit me back and said, let's do it. And so we're designing a wing right now. And one of the things that I'm really trying to get out of that wing is very little forward pitching through, you know, the speed range of a turn, which is probably like what, like 12 to 17, 18 miles an hour. Um, yeah. So you don't, I hate having to move back, you know, with your center of gravity. So. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, it's pretty hard to move your feet as well, you know, in the, those critical situations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, oh that'd be interesting. Jeez. But yeah, well, it looks like uh, uni's finally got, got their, st- again, like the, the stock, it's only just started turning up now. So it's been a uh, long time in between drinks for Unifall here in Australia to get some supply out. I'm sure that's really frustrating for all those guys, you know, to design something. Yeah. Like the Vipers, yeah. I have the Viper, it's good foil. And for the market yeah. to wait a year on, that's got to be tough for Cliff. Oh, yeah, like there's guys that sort of, you know, they forked out over three grand. It's been a long, 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 it was like June, July last year, and it's only just started to appear now. So, you know, yeah, they had the China factory, then in Australia, then COVID hit, and they moved it back to China. It's, it's like that with everyone, though. The, the supplies, like the Cabrinas aren't ready supply. Like it's Axis, they're the, they're in, Axis and Armstrong, they seem to be shoveling them out, though. No worries. So plenty of supply of those. But, you know, it's also been without, like I say, our air freight and our sea freight, like it's just so bad here now. Um, just for, you know, for my normal business, my real job, you know, bringing, we bring stuff in from overseas. And, you know, even when you get it here, like ships are sitting offshore, they're not getting cleared. It's just insane, hey. And then, like I say, the air freight, it's just sort of one twentieth of what it was, you know. So it's we get some little bits and pieces in, but as I say, like you know, the weight we've had on it, that Takuma's just been horrible. So poor old Unifoil's just copped it in every direction, haven't they? <clears throat> I, think, I will give them some credit in the fact that they didn't want to release product that they weren't happy with. Yeah. You know? Which I think in the end, of, in the end of this whole thing, it's going to end up being a good thing for them. I mean, I'm sure this year's been really painful, but the they sent me a bunch of gear to test. And the difference between the old factory and the new factory is just mind blowing. It's, I mean, the new yeah. is so much better. So, I mean, it's probably worth the wait, but I, I know it's painful. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you say so you finally got. I don't think you're winging last time I, I spoke to you. You're about only just getting. So you're into that now. Like I'm frothing on the wing. I love mate, it. It's it is mental here. Yeah. It's just you have. It's, I've never seen anything grow so much you know just at my local in the flat water during the week there's in an afternoon a work day there's 20 in the afternoon there's 25 guys out in this one time <laughs> it's just chaos and it's ter- and it's turned into you know it, it, it this sort of in the southport broad will be you know obviously we call it lawn mowing but you know we've just had with this la nina weather here the surf has just been, it's just, we, you know, obviously we've just been, we've had all these floods, but that's been, and the weather has just been gusty, horrible stuff. We've had, we, and all the swell we get is just this, all this wind driven, storm driven swell. So, you know, everyone's been sort of in the broad water and it's turned into a little social gathering. Everyone's got beers in the car in the afternoon. And it's such a cool vibe, hey. Awesome. And then, it, and then every, all you do is uh, everyone just comes flying into the shoreline. There's a big peanut gallery there and everyone tries to do jump jives or, you know, these silly little tacks and just crazy little things. So, yeah, but it's so big here. I, I can't believe um, how big it's got. And the advancement in the gear is just you know, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going into foils, but I, you know, we haven't even seen, like it's only just started this year. We're starting to see the really, all this new, all the new products coming out and all the different materials for, for the wings. 
And we're going to see these wings continue to change and evolve, and they're just getting more and more powerful and lighter and stiffer and stronger, and the, the sheet tension in them, so they're getting flatter. And, yeah, and it's, it's great because you've got all these young kids coming into it and you've got all these ex-old windsurfers like these, you know, these guys have been windsurfing for like 30 years are just coming out on the ding and just blowing the place to pieces on it. It's, it's great. It's good fun. What wings are you riding right now and, and what do you like? Yeah. What are the characters? Well, I'm, a, I'm a real boom guy. Hey, like they're duotone slick, you know, uh, and – so there's you got the unit we've got fixed handles and that and the, the new units I think it's a more powerful stiffer wing. That's but what I'm, I'm just. I'm on yeah, the five, I'm, five and I, I love it. The the yeah five five unit and the D power on that thing it's like it's not even there. It's so, yeah, yeah. so light. Yeah, well I'm just addicted to the boom. Hey, it's just if you ever watch my videos, I'm always just got one hand right in the middle. That's that's right in between that, that where the it's just how I ride a lot and in the unit. Uh, where there's not that's where my hand well, I'd, I'd have to put like a little bar there but they've got some more they've obviously like you know duotone they're really leading the charge here they've got some more they've got some new ones coming out near the end of the year as well so there's some new um slicks coming actually i hope i was allowed to say that it? it's a bit too late now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah a, and <laughs> they'll be stoked yeah, and then the and I've been riding the fanatic board a five six, so it's you know it's still it's not a sinker board. You know, I've got one sort of average knee, but you know I, I sort of don't like kneeling. But, but you know, like I was a sponsored sup rider, you know, for years and years, so I got really good balance on the board. So I still just like to stand up and up all and get going. Yep. So yeah, that's why I'm sort of on those. And I've only got a five and a six for the wings. That pretty well covers all the range. But the big thing is the last couple of days I've been riding the the cabrina the thousand and oh, mate, i'm getting up in 10 knots on the thing yeah it's pretty it's amazing wild, i i can't believe it and i had that like i said i had the 90 centimeter mass i've had about three sessions on it prior to that and i just couldn't quite get the mass position right and it just didn't i don't know you know i had that 90 centimeter mass i said oh then i just i had my prone board in the car and i, I just unbolted the setup on just put it straight on and boom i was away it was, it was and that's the day i was out for an hour 40 without a fall and I'm talking like I was out like six foot horrible, like it was like still 15 knots out in the ocean onshore. And I don't know, it just seems that, like I say, that carbon mass, and especially on the ding, I hate any movement, but it just seems fine on it. So I don't know how it works with that wing, but it's definitely working for me. I agree. I, I love the wing with the Cabrina stuff. The, the 800, yeah. once they're up, it's actually too fast for me right now. I love the speed on it, but then I find that I'm just backwinding and just, because the way that I wing is basically go out and then downwind on it. And yeah, so you're always kind of connecting into the wind and I'm not very good on the wing skills at all. Like I can get by now. I can, you know, I'm good on the jibe and I can stay up for pretty long runs, but my whole goal is just to get to the next bump. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the Cabrina I found the 800 was too fast the thousands a lot better but when I'm on like the Kajira 1210 or 1440 then my pace seems really well matched for the bumps yeah well that, that, I, I did have the 1210 like that was I had a pretty nasty fall on the um 1210 where I cut my almost cut my wing in half and I almost cut my leg in half because so <laughs> you know that that's on the 1210 Kajira yeah um, because of the tip oh yeah mate like I've got some you know, and I remember one day I had my just my 980, and I was just carrying the board down to the surf. And uh, you know, you just drop your board on the water, and uh, the yeah, the wing just went straight, just 
gave him the pierce slice right through my shoulder. You know, just sort of got me. So I had a couple of um, good. That was part of the reason I sort of went from Kajira to the Axis. But you know, but I, so I, re, I actually regretted it. But yeah. that was part of the reason. I'm worried because we do a lot of really big, nasty. Like we, you know, we're going probably, you know, twenty plus miles, and you know, and then sometimes we're like two, three miles out to sea. Yep. And I was always really paranoid of the just when you go the handlebars of, with the Kajira is, is actually destroying my wing. With that, with those tips, you know, cutting the wing in half out to sea. Yep. Or puncturing it. So, I've got tips on my Kajira. The only one that I kept the tips on is the 1095. I've sanded them yeah. down to where they're really rounded. But yeah. all my other Kajiras, there's no tips, and I sand the trailing edge to make it safer. I, I'm terrible. Oh, oh, yeah, it's sharp. I mean, and the new ones are there. Like the new mask, new carbon mask. Have you, yeah. you put your hand on the back of one of those? It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think that you get that much of a hydrodynamic benefit for having it that sharp. For me, it's not worth it. The first thing I do when I get any new Takuma gear is take it right out to the grinder and <laughs> just yeah. make everything to where it's not going to kill me. That's it. Yeah, well, so I don't know if you saw in that video, my chop shop got flooded in that last flood. Those, are those floods we had, and it wasn't that bad. I didn't need deep water. Some guy made a comment, at least you'll get all the carbon dust out of there now. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was a yeah, it was, but uh, yeah. So and look, so just getting back to the wings too. I think we're going to see even like more more stuff, and, and especially the products. And I was in at Surf FX the other day, and the the North I represented was in there, and they brought in the, the new North, their windsurfing style that's been three D printed. It's like a carbon three D print. It's insane. It's hard to explain, but that's what they've been using on all their their Volvo world around the world racing yachts as well. Okay. Yeah, man, it's you've, you've got to see this thing. There's no so and seams. It's it's incredible. The whole thing, even where the batons go in, it's printed. And so where it needs to be stronger, it's just it just gets printed up thicker. So it's completely away from it. They're, they're trying to work out how they can do it into a wing because they can't do the leading edge out of it. But there's, like I say, there's some really big things coming in the winging. And you know, the the racing I think is going to go just off the planet. It's going to go super fast. You know, like there's guys. We've got uh, <clears throat> Brisbane, it's an hour, hour north of us. They had a wingding race up there, and the guys were on kite foils. They weren't even using any of that. The, the real, the fast guys were actually on kite foils. So that's how fast they're going. Yeah. And they're going, and now they're going up in size and wings instead of going down. You know, it's like us when we first sort of started. Oh, you had to get smaller, smaller, you know, to be better and better. And now they're actually going from like four meter, five meter, six meters racing downwind. So uh, they're not dropping the wing as much. They're just holding it up and just gassing it downwind. And you think you're going all right till you get to somebody who's good like that. And man, they're flying. Hey, I don't know how. Like you're already fully lit, and then you're just taking your drop. And so that's for me. That's going to be my um, goal is to sort of get into that downwind racing. I'd love to go over and do Molokai now, but that's geez, they've sort of dropped the anchor on all that over there. Have you heard about that? No, what happened? Yeah. Well, it's just the residents of Molokai don't want everyone coming over anymore like that. I, I heard so, that during COVID it wasn't going to happen, but... Well, uh, no, well, they sort of, well, that. you know, it's it's such a shame because, you know, it's a big thing here in the Gold Coast. Well, our lifeguards there. We've got one guy called Nick DeBetter, and this will be his 25th time he's done it. It's insane. So, you know, we had Jamie Mitchell here who, who won it, the paddleboard one for 10 years straight. So it's big here with all the, life, all the lifeguards. 
And uh, yeah, they just they just don't want everyone coming over again. So it's quite sad. They're going to do it again next year. It'll be a little bit more controlled. And yeah, because from behind the story, because the race event sort of probably doesn't eject that much into the local locals themselves. You know, it's and it's just like an invasion. It's just like having, I suppose, like a bunch of farmers when a uh, big music festival comes. You know, right. sort of comes in yeah which was a bit of a shame but that would have been my goal for sure to go over and do that that'd be one hell of a race so um yeah but we can still go over there and um go i know probably just go to wahoo now and sail around it (laughs) (laughs) a year to train you know one thing i don't know if you saw it i just saw it on a instagram story right now i can't remember which story it was i was just looking for it i think it was like fish out of water so i apologize whoever it was someone else got hit by a shark on the wing and that seemed to be that seems to have happened a, a good bit sup love got hit by a shark um yeah well, eric i was gonna i was gonna mention about erica yeah like she was uh and i just like I, I didn't mention her last time but how good has she done she's been all all on her own and look at her now she's just shredding yeah hey? she's gonna come on she's the gonna- which would be cool. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, I'm so impressed because she contacted me way back, you know, and she just had no idea about anything and she was just sort of all on her own and I'm so impressed with her. Hey, it's just, you know, like you sort of, everyone should just sort of go back and just watch how she did that. It's like it's so much now, like I said, like this, my nephew wants to start winging, so I said I'll come down to the brawl border where those 25 guys were and, and there's, you know, there's 10, 15, 20 people that just walk up and give you advice straight away. You know, she did it on her own. You know, with you know, it was quite amazing. So yeah, it was pretty impressive. And that the shark thing, yeah. Well, we're towing a lot. Like we're actually, we've I've had one shark come in and knock my foil when I was doing a start uh, towing. Yeah, and towing. It wasn't coming in for me. It just I accidentally. It just was cruising past, and it just I hit it. But uh, yeah, the, the old stingray theory. The foils look like a stingray, and I think too because with the wings, we're sort of in other areas where you you, you know, like when, when obviously when we're foiling, we're just in the surf. The wings taking us to different areas. You know, when we're going through big bait balls or fish, and yep. we're probably probably out. You know, <clears throat> in the current line. Yeah, you know, we're out there in the current line where the sharks are cruising along. So. Yeah, but it is like I've, I've sort of been putting – I put my shark eyes on the bottom of the foil as well, but I changed my gear so much I've sort of run out of them. But, you know, so, <laughs> Someone once told me that the Armstrong design is an anti-shark design. You know, yeah, it is. Like it a is. Lion. And it, it, I wonder if anyone has been hit on an Armstrong. That would be a great data point. Well, I, I always ask, you know, and then like everyone comes up to me and then like a lot of the old servers come up and they just go, you know, do those shark eyes really work? And I go, well, I'm still here. And he goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the smart ass goes, well, I don't use them and I'm still here too. I said, yeah, okay, good, mate. And, yeah. But, you know, and you've got the shark bands that come out now, like little things. So, And then it's strange too, the uh, jet tech, the, those inflatable sleds we use for uh, towing them behind the skis, they've actually gone and put that Armstrong pattern on the bottom of their sleds now. Have they? Yeah, and that's been around quite a while, that, that okay. pattern. And there's also wetsuits like that as well. And then the, the shark eye guys, that's that Shannon Worrell, he's he's going to put the eyes now. They're like on the back of the wetsuits. They brought out wetsuits with them on. And, and they go on the back of your mask strap on your head. they got a few more things. So, you know, I think it's, you know, we had, that was a pretty horrible attack. We had a snapper. That was um, terrible. Um, you know that you know what too and that shark it it swam in you know it probably swam past 100 guys to take this guy you know it was just so unlucky for him and it was just such a violent attack 
And, uh, you know, and what, what's I won't go on too long about this, but w- why it's happening, we're getting all these attacks in Australia, is for the first time we're seeing migration of whale numbers we've, like we've never seen in our, in our generation. Like the whales are, you know, almost hunted to oblivion, especially over here in Australia as well. And even when the two whaling stations shut down north of here, there's one at um, Morton Islands, one up at Tangaluma, they, the whales learnt to go wide to avoid the whaling ship. So they, those two whaling stations were the first two to shut down. It wasn't through lack of whales. It was, it was back, back in the early what, sort of 40s and 50s. It couldn't, they couldn't get the ships out far enough to get to the whales. So now all that's gone, the whales are like 100 to 200 metres off our beach. Mm-hmm. And with that, because all the fish stocks are de- deplenished and they've got all the, you know, they've got all the wahoo and all the other fish that comes with it, the whites migrate like thousands and thousands of miles with them because it's like a mobile supermarket. Mm-hmm. So when we get our whales coming in, the sharks are there with them. And that's and so they bring them in close. So it's not like the sharks are out. It's it's just increasing the odds and the shark netting and the, the shark drum lines. It's a pretty controversial thing here, but like in reality, they're only taking about you know say forty or fifty sharks a year. And what they do is they remove like the uh, the resident sort of white that hangs around, and they're the ones that become dangerous. And yeah, so like people sort of jump up and down, sort of scream about it. Like I'm not anti shark at all, but in reality, it's like 10 million, 10 million sharks a year get killed for finning, for shark fins. Mm-hmm. So if you want to save a shark, you know, if right. you go into a Chinese restaurant that's got shark fin, they get up and walk out and never go back there until they remove it, you know. That's if you want to save some sharks. Right. Yeah, so that's, and, you know, and that where Snapper is our coastline, it's very shallow further north of there. But when it starts coming, we get close to that New South Wales border, it drops off a lot quicker. So it's a bit more depth. So the sharks, and the whales and everything coming close as they go around that point there at Snapper. Gotcha. So, yeah, so it's pretty tragic, hey? And, and then as you go further south up near Ballina and all that, it's really bad, hey, because that, that, that deep water is in very close, and that's where all most of the fatalities are. Yeah. But you guys you guys aren't without sharks, though, too. Are you? you got plenty of bull sharks there, haven't you? We've got bulls. We've got a lot of spinners. I've got a buddy here who the last two nights has caught, like, I don't know, five, six-foot... Um, spinner black tips right off the beach the other day i was foiling probably last week just pumping out back and i i hit a big one and i mean it <laughs> felt like i just hit like a piece of like a rock it just stopped my foil just stopped yeah. when i went endoed and you know the swim back to my board was really scary for a second yeah. it seems like when people get hit it's you know they'll hit the foil first or you fall and then right as you hit the water it, that's when people get hit. I mean, I don't know if there's anything you can really do about that. It'd be interesting to know if anyone out there knows if anyone has been hit on an Armstrong foil, that'd be a great data point to have. Yeah, no, that's, I, I always ask. I asked Erica as well too. And the, the guy here, the one, mine was a, uh, mine was on an axis of the guy up at, another guy got two of them paddling out, swam past his mate, he was on a cloud. So yeah, no, I haven't heard one on an Armstrong yet, but I, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's a, and this guy, I saw a guy, he painted his Takuma, the Armstrong colours. looks hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but it is sort of it is scary. And, like, we're in River, like, we, where we tow, it's just horrible. It's where all the trawlers come in. We get the Ballina River mouth. Uh, that's where you see a lot of Adam Bennett stuff. That's, mate, that is Bull Shark Central. That's where they all meet in the morning, all the sharks along that coastline. They all meet for their morning chat before they go out and have a swim around. It's just... 
and it's brown when it rains, <clears throat> but it's just such an insane foil wave. You just go, it's so good. And you sit there sometimes and it's just brown and you're sitting there and you've fallen off your board and, uh, and you just, you're just quincing. You're almost waiting for a little bite to come up, you know? Yeah. I feel yeah. <laughs> when, we're, uh, when we're in our inlets here, we have a couple really good waves. Actually, some of the guys from Unifoil are going to be here this weekend and we're going to tow one of those waves together. It'll be super fun. But that's the only time that I'm really kind of sketched out. I spent so much time kind of right behind the house here. I got a pretty good idea of what's out there, but the the inlets, there's a lot of big fish that move in and out of those inlets. Oh, for sure. But, you know, look, I, I'm a little bit more calm on it now because I think the sharks are more interested in the foil than us. I know Erica, when she, she, she you know, she got a bite, but it was, it was only like a pretty light bite. So, you know, there was a, uh, we had an attack here recently in Sydney where they call it like a complete attack where the guy, the shark actually almost ate the guy. That's super, super rare. So it was pretty horrible too. So everyone was done videos of it everywhere, but the, I think mainly the sharks are just after the foil itself because it's like a ray, so a stingray. And, and I feel a bit more, I'm pretty like within some, you know, everyone just goes, oh, how can you go there? I'm pretty comfortable with it now. So, but I don't know, like, you know, just even just a, a minor bite from a small shark. Like, well, I know a guy on a sup, he just he got a nip on his heel. And it just, it just, it was like out of the water for almost a year because it wrecked his Achilles and his ankle tendons. Oh, wow. So I, you know, it's like Erica, you know, she's got that little bite on her knee and I've, I've had a mate of mine who's been bitten on the arm, bitten on the, on the ribs. And uh, he got the, oh, the one on his ribs, but it's the best ever scar you could ever have. Hey, just like the shark had just gone up and just bitten him gently. And he had about these 30 teeth marks on him with no, no ripping of the skin. So, <clears throat> you know, so Erica is the same, but yeah, it's an issue. Hey, and it's always in my mind, but I think I'm in the water so much. I'll probably go out tomorrow and get eaten by a shark. You won't hear from me again. But it's just something. It's just, you know, we're all part of it. And that's it. That's all we've got to accept, eh? Yep. It's, uh, I think, a, a, a risk worth taking, I hope. Knock, knock on wood there. But, yeah, I log a lot of hours in the ocean. So I, I, I actually, one of the, I lived in Costa Rica for a long time. And there's a lot of stingrays for about three to four months. And I have stepped on everybody gets stung there and I've stepped on, yeah. I don't even know, 10, 15. And I've never gotten, I've never gotten hit. I just kind of look at it like a karma check. Oh yeah. yeah oh, you, st- you, st- you stand on them. It's like stepping onto a skateboard and sort yep. of falling off the back, isn't it? They take yeah. off. So let's talk about your projects. I, one of the things I love about following you is that you're always up to something. You're in your chop shop. You got a new idea. What are some of the oh, yeah. fun projects that you've done over the last? Oh, well, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, like it was just change, changing that fuselage around and sort of, but I've, I've sort of had to promise the Cabrina guys I wouldn't chop their Cabrina stuff. But, yeah, yeah, sorry. I chopped my tails right away. Oh, the- yeah. yeah. I was talking to Kiahi. He says, oh, you need to chop that tail, mate. And I said, if I chop that tail, Hudson will never talk to me again. Because going back to those Neil Pride days, I actually had the, the, the Chinese manufacturers would actually ship the wings to my house and I'd sort of test them. And then, you know, if they fail, then I'd repair them. I'd open them up and I'd tell them what's wrong, so that type of stuff. So that was that was super cool. And then they sent me out their, their new tails. And um, I was with that mate of mine, that Marty Ficata. We, we tested it and he goes, oh, you got to chop it, you got to chop it. So I've chopped it. And uh, and just for a joke, I had like a like a, an eight-inch skill saw. And I, I put it I did put it, put it in vice and I cut it properly with a hacksaw. It made it look like I just did it with an eight-inch skill saw. And uh, man, he freaked out. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> 
no one's ever used these things before. You get them, you've chopped them up, blah, 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 bloody power saw. It was just, it was so funny, hey? But so, no, I promise I'm not going to do that again. No, no so, sorry? Something interesting about the Cabrinas is, and this is something I'm not, I got pretty early gear from them and then got some more a little bit later. And I think that my two tails, I have two tails and I chopped one immediately. I chopped it down to about, I don't know, 12 and a half. So I had the full tail and then the 12 and a half, the 12 and a half was so much better than the full tail, but upon, and and Adam got him and loves the full tail. Yeah. We were talking a bunch and I was like, I cannot get this full tail to work. I hate it. I mean, it's terrible. You know how the, the tails mount in the middle of the fuse on that angle. Well, when I went and really inspected it, the angles were just a touch different. Yeah, so, I, and I, I think I agree with here because the demo to mine uh, I felt was a little bit different. Yeah, and then I had, and then I then not till I, I no actually, it was one of the windsurfer guys came up, and he said that tail's on a little bit of an angle. I said no, and I looked at it and I said, "Oh, you're right." And so I just backed the screws off lined it up and, and tightened it down again. And, yeah, so it, it doesn't – it's sort of the male and female little sections here, those little um, countersunk sections. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's that was stopping it from just um, mating up properly. Is that right? Well, no, it wasn't that. It was the, the carbon was actually – the way it was laid up was just a little bit different. One of them was on the – I guess if you talk about the tail section as being the male end, it was about a millimeter and a half thicker at the – the very end of that section. So there was a a difference in angle of attack. I I was estimating probably about a degree. And then once I shimmed that section, which makes it really weird because you kind of get a lot of, I put some tape over it to try to minimize the drag there. It gets weird. But then it went really good. And that's something that I need to tell Brendan. I think Brody's actually coming on the podcast soon, which I'm excited about the designer of those foils. So that'll Uh, be Yeah. But, but that's why I like the chop tail so much better. And like I had Adam like chop his and he's like, it's not better with the chopped. And, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I was trying to figure out why, because normally we agree on feels to a large degree. Yeah. Well, I trust Adam's opinion a lot, you know? So like, you know, I rang him up and um, I said, look, I'm getting a, I'm getting at the Cabrina. And I said, oh, well, I get the 800,000. He said, I don't think he said to me, he said, I don't think you like the 800. Mm-hmm. So I end up getting the um, thousand or twelve hundred because I wing so much. Yep. And I'm trying to get the six fifty. There's just he's got the only one in Australia. So yeah, uh, we're because we're towing a lot with all this La Nina weather cycle. We've been towing in, and this is like what sort of you can want to know where we're going now. Like we're, we're towing in like you know twenty knot onshores and um, in big swell like you know, with all the storm swell like triple overhead, just horrible stuff. And um, yeah, so we yeah, it's we want these new like lifter got like lifter got the new tiny wings. Armstrong got the new tiny wings, so we're just we're really hanging out for this six fifty. Have you towed on it at all? I have. Yeah, I rode it a lot when we were down on our trip in in Costa Rica, like four feet fifteen second type swell. Yeah, it's really good. It was my favorite yeah. foil that I rode in big surf ever. Yeah, it pumps great at speed. Like I was connecting two to three waves on it, which is kind of bonkers on a six fifty. Um, yeah. And really balanced. Like you never feel like you're getting blown out of the water, but you never really feel like you're getting too much pitchiness in it. So yeah, it's a great foil for someone. It's weird because I got it for my son and he prefers like the lift 120 to the 650 just because it's a little bit more efficient. The 650 has a little drag on the pump for him. 
And he's yeah, just and yeah, just quickly on the list one twenty. Like we got a saying here, like punching above your weight. That foil just punches above its weight, doesn't it? It's amazing. Like it's what is only about eight hundred. What size is eight hundred square centimeters or something? Seventy three, I want to say. Since yeah, it's just, you know, you look at it and you just go, how? Right. You know, you just go how. So, but you know, again, still that's that's something you know, like guys they go well on for like eighty percent of the time they still have those little mystery drops. But you know, for what it does, it's a great foil. It's incredible, and uh, yeah, it's sort of good to see that. But you know, sort of asking where we've been working to. So we've been tying around on the the. Uh, access ART799, that's a great tailwind. There's quite a few of the tow guys here use it. But we're in this bigger, bigger swells, we are sort of getting to the limit of it. And they were going to um, do a 699. I was chatting to Adrian, <clears throat> and um, he's bringing out something new again. To, to He's not going, he's not going to, and I think that's going to be the KC influence because you heard James, he talked about, you know, improving the ART. So it'll probably give them that bit more all round. And, and uh, yeah, Adrian didn't let too much out of the bag, but he reckons it's going to be faster again, so that'll be interesting. So that's, a, that's an industry combo. So he's, he's sort of been offline. He just had a baby, so hopefully he gets back in and gets this going because that's the one good thing about Access is they're um, – not the one good thing. They've got plenty of good things, but they from R&D to retail, they're by far the far. They, can, they really can sort of in, get a new wing and out onto the market very fast. And I think that's also to the fact that the way the um, – Fuselage just drops on at the top. It's actually easy for making protos because a mate of mine was over in um, New Caledonia with the oh, I've forgotten his name. The guy who designs all the Gajira stuff. He had he had all the all the protos there, and they actually had like an axis mount on them. So he said it's just easy to knock up a proto to do that. I but, think um, designs on axis too. Sorry. I think that Kane does a lot of his design for like the axis type. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. And uh, so anyway, so while we're trying to, we're we're, we're all. Our goal is we're all trying to get barreled now on the prone towing. So I you probably see had, you pulled in. Yeah, mate. Well, we're doing it all the time now, so it's a like we're still alive. So it's <laughs> quite a it's a real head thing, hey. Like you just won't let yourself do it. But once you, it's like surfing too. You know, like you, when you shut down barrel and you, you just pull in and you pull through the back of the wave. It's sort of you know on the foil. You you, you can you know once you. Once it sort of all blows up, you are completely separated. Probably a lot of people won't agree, but the foil goes a long way away from you, you know. So obviously we're not wearing leg ropes, but, mate, we're going to do it. And we've done it, we've done it a couple of times out the camera. Not, not actually haven't come out, but that's our goal. That's where we're all going for now. So I'm, all my design now, all my work's going into these bulletproof 360 mounts to go on these boards to take that flogging so the, with the little poles out the front and stuff like that that's where all the i've been working quite hard behind the scenes with you you'll see me playing around with it all the time on the wings on the wing ding doing different mounts and that's just sort of just testing you know the new gopro 10s and i'm, I'm right into that that insta 360 x2 that's a killer 360 camera that one which it's one? a great little camera it's the insta it's called insta 360 x2 it's uh all little 360 camera buffs out there. That's what I'm using. It's you got the GoPro, but it's so simple. You just come in and it just you don't have to download anything to your phone. You can just sort of watch it and it, it edits it and drops it onto your phone for you. It's quite amazing. So that's where we're going. We're working very hard for that. So it'll either it's sort of a victory or death project. So hopefully it's victory. Awesome. <laughs> or just some scars, maybe. I'm sketched out pulling in. But I guess we don't have barrels that you could really fit a board, a foil you in. Yeah. 
Uh, where we do this too, it's called TOS. That's the other side of the seaway, and it's a nasty break. That's where you see all the guys doing their step-offs, all the short water, short waters. We can't do it too much because it's, the conditions are going to be pretty ugly, otherwise it's full of surface. Right. So we're normally out about a mile and a half, and then we ride all the way in, and then we generally don't go into that last break. Uh, we peel off, give it to the surface. But, yeah, mate, it's just the whole beach is just a little bit broken boards. It's a nasty spot. But it's, like I say, it's perfect for us. If we can come in with all that speed. Yeah, the best, I think, for us on the bigger waves, we're trying to find one like a big A-frame we can backdoor and come through and come out and just get the shot. <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. So, And the, I tell you, the other thing that's changed here now, too, is the downwind paddling has had a huge resurgence. Like subfoiling died. Right. And uh, this year it's all come back again. I think it's because of all the shit weather we've had, bad weather we've had, and you know you can't really surf. And so this, like the the, the wing, the wing dinging out in the ocean, the downwinding, that's really big. But now the the paddling, it's really taken off. And you know Dave Kalama's, you know his board design, well that's just leading edge. So we're we're going to see a lot more of that type of stuff going. Is it still popular where you are? Subpaddling. Fine. So for the downwind sup is what you're talking about, right? No, but even no, just even in the surf. A couple, a couple guys do the sup foil. I've got some buddies that still sup surf, but here it's mostly for our crew here. I've got the downwind sup board that Dave makes. He, he sent me a prototype. It's amazing. I love it. I actually wing on it because it's very light. I like the way that it turns. And because of its shape, I can get up and no wind. I mean, I can get up on the 800 Cabrina in you know, wow. super light winds because the board is so fast on the, like the 1440 Takuma. I mean, I can basically just have that board up in, in nothing. I mean, I'm deciding right now, like while we're talking, I'm, it's either a wing or a runner when we, yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it's very interesting because, you know, when I came in today, there was probably, you know, a good half dozen guys. I was out in the wing at the crumb and um, there's half a dozen guys paddling out to do it. And it's a big appeal to a lot of people. So it's quite funny because it just died off. I'm talking like, you know, we've got probably hundreds of wingers and hundreds of proners. Mm-hmm. And there's like just a handful of guys doing that sup downwind paddling. Now that's completely changed. It completely, the winging just destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And now I think there's a lot of guys that are very good at it here. And yeah, you see it and it's, yeah, and we don't get, we don't get those Hawaiian conditions. Like I say, we keep getting this, we got this swell where generally it's running like at 45 degrees to the wind. It very rarely, all the dominoes drop in the right, in the, so the swell, the wind, everything's going in the same direction. So you have to be very skilled to get up, and it's really, like, you'd know that. How draining is it? Yeah. You know, how quickly, I mean, 10 minutes and it's all over. <laughs> yeah, and our conditions are similar to that as well, to where if we have wind and swell going in the same direction it's generally going to get big and gnarly really quickly yeah what happens with us too when we get big waves we get wind we just don't get these we just it's so rare we'll probably one in 50 times towing we'll have big waves Mm -hmm. and they're clean so yeah i know it's been and it's a hard skill set too and then the other thing too is it's a you know you can get quite overpowered like if you you just can't keep going straight because you just keep going faster and faster and it's very hard to peel off you know, at least with a wing, you can sort of stall the board and sort of backwing the wing a little bit to sort of put the brakes on, but it's very hard to do that on a sup. Yeah, Th- that doesn't seem to be a problem for us here. We-, we have generally, like our downwinders are mostly like runners. And actually, I'm about to drop a show. It'll come out before this one. Pedigo and I recorded two days ago, a whole hour on runners and what we've learned 
which is cool, different than downwinding. And now we're unlocking the potential here and we're we're actually starting to put in some good distance on it. And it's like, yeah, it's not, you know, the the, the fastest way isn't always straight ahead of you. I mean, you've got to look, you've got to, you've got to know, like when your run is, is finishing, You've still got you've got to peel off and drop on the one behind it while you've still got some wave energy. And you know, that's like the advice to get everyone who wants to do, sort of you know, wants to start pumping on their prone. I said, I said, you're getting off when you're slowing down. I said, you've got to get off when you're accelerating. You know, I said it's it's you know, it's, it's, it's a simple little bit of advice. And I said, that's why you look at everyone and they look so effortless because they're they're actually you know they're at peak speed. So it's very hard, you know, to pull off a wave and hard to get any speed and then pump back out through the rubbish. It's like it's that's a real tough call. It's the same, and it's exactly the same with um, downwinding as well, you know. And that's what I sort of say to people. Some people say, oh, you know, I can't pump back out. I'll never pump back out. I'm, I don't worry about it. And I said, look, but that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. But I said that pumping back out. I said that's a that's a required skill. It it, it helps with everything. So you know when you do sort of peel off and you want to connect another one, you've got a stronger pump game. You also start to read the water a lot better as well too. You know because you know you, you maybe you don't go straight. You might go at forty five degrees. So you still pick up a little bit of wave energy even though you're going towards it. If you cross it on an angle, you'll still pick up wave energy. You learn all those little skill sets and that all helps with the winging and it also helps with the downwinding. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's – and I also said that to people as well. I said, look, you know, my proning is number one. Like I'll do everything. You know, I'll sort of I'll do – you know, I'm about to get back into sup paddling downwind, you know, and the, wing, the winging, but my proning is number one. And I said, if you can become a good proner and you can sort of pump out and you can link up waves, it's the skill set to every one of those other disciplines. So do you agree with that? Or hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it's just in training. That's why I say to guys, yes, that you need to put your time in and you do need to learn to pump. And also too, it makes you realise, you know, it makes you realise a lot more with your tails, your mast position. And especially with your boards, you know, guys saying, oh, you know, like, you know, we all might be on four sixes and that. And someone goes, oh, I need to be on 50 litres or 45 litres. And I said, well, that sort of kills your pump. And he said, oh, how could it? We're both still on a four six board, you know. But as soon as you go from a 45 litre board to a 30 litre board, you can just feel it straight away, can't you? Absolutely. I like really thin boards in the surf. I'm riding like four litres on. Oh, mate, you wear the same weight. Like I just got my, my new one. I, I took it back up to 30 because I was on a 28 litre board and I had the access foil on it. And I went, you know, I said I went from the carbon to the aluminium again, the aluminium. Yep. And, you know, I was really starting like after about an hour and a half, like I was dragging my ass around. I was like, oh, I just needed just a little bit more float. <laughs> but, but I did notice that just the difference from the 28 to the 33, you know, Dale Chapman, mate, I said, Dale, I said, you sure it's only 33 litres? It feels like a lot more. And, you know, it just, it's quite amazing. And again, unless you've done the time, like you're saying, on a, a low litre board, you, you know, you can't feel that advantage. It's, it's quite, it's, they're the things you sort of need to do. You've got to keep pushing yourself. And a lot of guys are just lazy, you know, it's telling them you just got to try harder. And if you're no good at it, just keep trying hard. And it's like when I first started proning, I went for two weeks straight on my own, just my local beach break. And I don't think I got up. I don't think I got away like in the first 10 days. I couldn't even get to my feet. And that's because we had the boxes so far forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and I had a, a long kite mast. I'm like, there was no one to teach me sort of back then, you know. And sort of now, that's when sort of when you say to guys, you say, look, you need this board, you need this foil. And it's great when people, they pick your brains. Like, you, you must get it all the time. I get it. And they get your advice and you say, okay, you sort of agree. You should be get something like this. 
and then you see them out later. Oh, I got this, you know, I got something else, and um, they, yeah, they got it. They got, and they go, and they go, oh, I can't pump it. I can't do this. What can I do to get it? And I said, well, sell it and get what I told you to get. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, it's yeah. You must get driven crazy. You know, I don't mind it. I like it. I, most people are really stoked, and you know, it's fun to watch people progress and, and get better. And I, I love that. But yeah, every once in a while, someone will ask you something, and then they go the exact opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, the Alibaba stuff. I just go, don't do it. A guy goes, oh, a guy bought a wing. He bought a foil. <laughs> he bought a foil and he bought a wing off Alibaba and it's just crap. And he goes, oh, and he comes in and he goes, oh, and he brings it over. He goes, oh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon by shimming it, by doing this? And I've just gone, like, I go. And he talked to me for like the two months, you know, and I just gone, <laughs> good luck. I said, just sell it. Just go to SurfFX, buy something else, you know. So, <clears throat> Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. And that's the thing too about, I suppose, with the winging is it's moving so fast. You know, I, I suppose we're up to sort of version threes now, but, you know, I sort of tell people, don't, I go, don't go buying any version ones of anything because the version twos are just so much better and it'll just speed up your learning process. I mean, you know, look at, imagine the advice you're giving out now. Wouldn't you appreciate that like a few years back? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think about all the stuff that I had to learn. I, I learned to foil in all of the wrong, everything. I did everything wrong. I bought the biggest yeah. foil I could because I thought it would be easiest to fly. And then I went out, I waited for trips to Costa Rica when the surf was going to be big. Yeah, it was like, yeah. and that's like, you know, it was like, I think it was like five years ago, almost five years ago. That's where I got my, that's when I was kite surfing. I had the Cabrina double agent foil board, the real thin, it's like, like a twin tip, mm-hmm. that foil board. And I gaffer taped it to my sup. I just left the foil on the board and I taped it to the sup. And that was our first sup foil. Yeah, that's such a good story. It's so fun. Yeah, it, to... yeah, yeah, I still go back and look at that. And then, you know, look at it in the game. It's on a meter-long mast. And we actually got the mast position right by a fluke, you know. But that's – and I just and I just say to her, and I said, well, that's what I learn on. Then I show them old photos where I'm on a lift with a 1.1-meter mast kite foil behind the boat, <laughs> just getting flogged, you know. And just <laughs> you know, imagine getting bucked off that thing. We had no idea, you know. So it's, you know, it's good now you can give but all the gear. It's just so much more user-friendly. And I think, you know, especially with Axis too, Axis is a great brand with someone to sort of learn on. And there's so much secondhand stuff in it around too, you know, so it make, makes it all sort of nice and easy for everyone to get on. So there's just so much stuff around. And universally, you can give somebody advice, I can give somebody advice, all the brands are worldwide. There's no duds out there. Like out of all these brands, there's no... There's no duds at all. There's, you know, every, every brand is good, you know, and there's more, you know, you got the owners, you've got all these other brands starting to pop up now. And, you know, there's just more and more, more stuff coming. You're probably seeing a, a lot more of it with me now because we're sort of cut off here in our little island nation. But, um, so have you got, have you seen anything sort of new? That- I've seen some new stuff that I probably can't talk about. I <laughs> just let it slip I like I did. <laughs> I don't want to get on anything, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of really cool innovations happening soon. Yeah. So what do you, what do you reckon about the tails? What these Delta wings you're seeing popping up with no tail? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that would be really difficult prone. Maybe yeah. on the wing would be awesome. I think unpowered. I, I think the guys from Triton might come on the show soon. And there's apparently one of those mono wings here in Florida, yeah. I might get to test. I think it would be more fun. I think that you need that leverage. I know that the difference in a 60 and a 65 meter or centimeter fuse for me is a big difference in feel and pumping. And if I extrapolate yeah. that and I look at that at an extreme of having everything compacted into say 30 centimeters, 
I think the pitchiness might be really weird if you don't have like the third leg of uh, the wing, but yeah, I think the yeah. wing could be really interesting. Yeah, it would be, it would be something. I, I don't know if I want to do it, but yeah, it'll be a uh, just more stuff sort of coming out. In a uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's been there's I think we'll see, and I don't know. I'm sort of like you're seeing the tails are changing radically now, the V tails and swiftbacks. So yep. it'll be interesting like to see a, what happens there. I haven't jived with a boomerang or a V tail yet. Do you like them? Yeah, I took the tips off because it flexes. That was the Armstrong V-tail, so it had a bit of flex. So, but by taking those tips off, it took the uh, flex out, and I definitely liked it a lot more like that. It's it improved. It's a, uh, I think it's a, uh, it's an easier to pump sort of wing. But I think overall, they they got a new one out now, which is quite nice. I think that's a better tail. Everyone I know who was on the V-tail who got the HA only rides the HA now. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's just again. I think the that V tail just had that little bit of little bit of movement in the tail and sort of gave that little, you know. Uh, well, I think on a, it's like when I first rode the eleven twenty five. Have you seen out, out in front of here, in front of our gas stations or um, in front of the shops? They got those inflatable men, you know, <laughs> those are things when the arms flap around all above the heads. That's, <laughs> a, <I know> what. <laughs> that's what it was like the first time I rode that eleven twenty five with the V tail on. I was just all over the lolly shop. It was just a, you know, like a kid running around. Just I, I, Marty, Marty Picardo just goes. I can't believe you're still on that at the end of the wave, you know. But uh, I read that yeah, twice. Bought it, wrote it twice, and uh, sold it to a buddy who who loves to wing on it. Mate, I was the same. I just, I just said that was just that's just not you know. Like I'm saying that's just not the cut of my jib, you know. That was just yeah. not how I wanted to ride, you know. Not when you have like a 1055 <laughs> that pumps almost as good and then surfs ridiculously good without that feeling yeah. yeah that's right so you just got to sort of settle back onto it just sort of getting back to the board so have you seen those new js's that adam's been working on those little nuggety things yeah i have yeah and that last video the way he's brought that tail in like the tail's really narrow and like i don't need one of those boards because i don't lay my board that over that far <laughs> but yeah that this if you look at that last video you can actually see like the that actually outline of the board is parallel to the wave and it's only like a couple of inches off the water and it's like and the, the rail is actually not touching; it's not dragging. Mm-hmm. So he might might be onto something with that design. There's nothing. There's nothing like that here. Hey, they're the first ones I've seen like that radical. Have you, have you seen anything like that over there? The real wide nose and skinny tail on a prone. Maybe not to that degree. It was interesting because he landed on something very similar to prototype board that I've been working on too. But it, it's interesting in that we put the hip in a different place. His hip yeah. is pretty far forward for his front foot. Yeah. My hip is a little bit farther back where my back foot goes out to the rail. But yeah, I think that like, and it's actually really cool because I talked to Kane and Adam a whole lot and, you know, we'll go for a little while without talking. And then we're kind of working on the same things, which means that like, we're seeing the same problems or areas where things can be. So, and it's cool that everyone's interpreting it a little bit differently. So I think that there's like a lot of people that are seeing the same areas where foil gear can be improved. And then it's like Formula One right now. Are you Formula One fan? Yeah. Well, you know, the new regs this year and then the unveiling of the cars. And so everyone has the same regulations and now they've all interpreted it a little bit differently. And then yeah, yeah, like we're in that phase right now of, of foiling where people are starting to see areas of improvement in high performance gear. And then everybody has their own like little take on it. Like with what KT did on the his new board that they just released, which I, it'll be interesting to see if that's a gimmick or if it actually is something good. Yeah, well, Armstrong have gone yep. down their own little road too. Hey, with those super skinny boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Let's. It's uh, again, that's not the cut of my jib. But I don't know. We've only I've, there's only like two here. Like they're very they're very expensive to get here to Australia. So there's not many here at all. 
So you have, have done you spend any time on those? Which which board is that? Armiston? Is it Armiston? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have not spent any time on that. But I do think there's something too skinny. I've got one coming right now that's going to be 17 wide. Yeah, that's it. They're all 17 wide. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's like, how do you fit? If you go a little bit offset, which I think bigger riders on bigger wings are tending to go a little bit more offset, it gets difficult to fit your feet on that narrow of a board. I know oh, that yeah. yeah. But also, too, it makes the boards thicker, you know, for the same volume. So, and then like uh, you probably with your, your 24 liter board, like it's, it must be thin. So you can feel that thinness. So, and the kiters are really anal about this. So, you know, where their foot is above the mast, they want as little area as they can because it gives more direct feel to the foil. And I agree with that as well. Like, and so I think when they do make the boards so narrow, you put that extra thickness in it, like that's a con, you know, yeah, that's sort of. But right. A couple of thoughts on that. Like, if you think about it, there should be no difference in if the board is incredibly stiff, there should be no difference in having an extra, you know, inch on your board thickness versus an inch of mast, which does, I mean, an inch of mast is a big deal. It changes the way you ride, but I started riding a lot longer mast. Now I ride like eighties and 83s. Yeah. Oh, that's sorry. That's here in my little list of notes too. Yeah. So when I went to, um, sorry to cut you off there, but when I went, I made that axis mast with the Takuma head on it. Adam had the drive down to meet him at Byron. And he goes, oh, and he rode my board. And he said, I've oh, got a longer mast. I said, oh, that's all I ride. He said, oh, I only ride long mast. He said, try it. And I had one surf on it. It took me like two waves and then that's it. Everything's 80 or above now uh, for the prone. It took me a lot longer than that. It, it actually, I'm still working through it because like the way that I hit foam, like the distance is off now. So my timing's off. So I went from a really high hit rate to a pretty low hit rate on landing those now because I go out the back a lot on the oh, yeah. because you're just higher and then you're coming down behind the wave. So yeah. it turns, it's brilliant. And I won't go back, you know. No, and it helps with the pump. And you get used to the only thing too is like it'd be the same for you too. You'd, you'd have a lot of shallow water surfing too, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a, that's a bit of a pain in the butt. Like sometimes when it's really tiny here, you're like you can't sit on your board waiting for a wave. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only one one downside about it. And then when I go back to Fiji, I'll get it. I'll definitely um, try and get a shorter one there because of the reef. You know, when the water draws out for the wave coming, you'd just be mm-hmm. scratching your foil to death over there. <laughs> I destroyed a Viper 150 in Costa Rica on the 83 mast paddling over reef. Uh, I feel so bad. Thing uh, was, it's all. I mean, it held up super good. It's all aesthetic, but on a brand new foil, and it came back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my, my Cabrina, like it's snapper, like, cause it's only been, when, when it gets quite small, people don't sort of surf there. So if this is on my brand new Cabrina and, and because it's small, you're in closer mm-hmm. and there's a little patch of rocks called little Marley. Like I hit that at full flight with my thousand straight into the rocks. Just, and I hit it so hard. My knee hit the rock and I got a graze on the rock as well under the water. <laughs> and, and I've just paddled away pretending <laughs> It's because there's people around. I just, I just paddled away and I, I put my hand down underneath. I couldn't feel anything. And, I, and, I, and then it was all down on my, the right-hand side. But it had bits of rock and all that sticking out of it, mate. To the credit, it, it was minor, hey, just minor. I was so lucky. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's a uh, – it, and it's really – and it actually, it made me realise, too, that they're not that thin down near the, you know, down near the, the tips. It's actually carrying a little bit of thickness there. And it's got that – where it's got that little baby seagull section. Yep. So it's quite strong there. And I suppose, oh, so now I've gone right off track, but 
I'm thinking maybe when you look at that little seagull section there, if that's what's giving this sort of bit of, you know, because it is like a high, a super high aspect wing, but it just seems to have more control than, you know, similar size high aspect wings in other brands. Do you, do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, if I compare, I think the foil section has a lot to do with that. Like if you look at the difference between like the lift and the Cabrina foil sections, you know, when I first got the 800, I looked at it and I was like, this is the lift 120. It's like almost yeah. identical. Upon further inspection, as I'm getting deeper into the, the designing foil wormhole here, I'm going through and I'm looking at foil sections on everything. It's a different section. It's got a different like max thickness across the cord. And I think yeah. all that plays into that feel. And it's also a little bit thicker in profile. It's probably like a 10% yeah. versus like a nine on, on, on the lift. So I do think that there are a lot of things. I do think that those rolled tips help a lot in breaching where yeah well it doesn't i've had i have don't think i've breached it on the prone i've done it a couple of times on the wing today that was about it for the first time but and it and it you can when it's near the surface too it's just not it's not aerating or blowing you know know it's close but it's still riding like you know like an inch or two below the water yep whereas i think you know if that was my access my 880 or my 930 which like my favorite sort of winding wings and that's and you get that Near the surface, you can hear the gurgling. Yeah, you know, the, the alarm bells are going, and you know you got to get that thing down, or you're gone. So, and there are some foils that'll just suck in a vent from, you know, an inch below the surface. Those the, that's really difficult for me. If you're, yeah, you know, like the everything that I ride right now gives you a warning, and then doesn't even blow you up on the vent. You can put a couple yeah. of tip out on everything I'm riding right now and still recover. But when it's game over, when you get close to the surface, I, I, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sort of does make it hard. But as I say, like, again, you, you learn all this on the prone and it helps with your winging. Because you, and that's the advantage now is, like, I try – generally my prone setup is my wing setup. It's only when it gets light I'll change it. And I try and keep the same wing. And, again, and you, you learn that, yeah, you learn its habits pretty quickly. And, obviously, <clears throat> if you can – learn to start and wing on a smaller foil it's a big advantage and keep the foil up he's got you know when it's especially when you're in the, you know it's so hard to you know like plummeting down a wave face on a really big you know like an axis 930 or something like that <clears> or <throat> the 980 and and you're down you, you know you got your larger board you got the wing above your head the, the small the smaller foil can get under you on the wing on the waves it's definitely a huge advantage yeah the it is tough like you, you mentioned it earlier and Switching gear is a great thing, but it's if I'm switching a lot of gear, I'm learning a lot, but I'm never surfing my best. And then when I find something I really like and I, I stay on it for a week or two, which is a long time for me, yeah, you know, a week in, I'm getting every little bit out of that foil where you know, when I'm just testing gear, I can tell if it's good or not, but I'm not going to surf good on it for a little bit. That's the way that I feel like it happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose with the 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 thing that won me over the Cabrina, my first wave was just ridiculous. You know, I just took off, I stood up, and just went along and <clears throat> just gave a couple little squirts, and I've just gone, "You're kidding!" It's like you know, it's like I was a little kid that had been wobbling around on a bicycle, and then all of a sudden I got training wheels. I, I I felt so comfortable, and then I just peeled off, and I just kept pumping out to sea. I just kept pumping and pumping, and I pumped over one. I pumped over five waves until there was none left to pump for, and I ended up just dropping down like hundreds of metres offshore. Everyone just goes, what were you doing? And I just said, I couldn't stop. It was just, you know, that feeling was amazing, you know. 
and I just couldn't stop, <clears throat> you know. So, yeah, and then it's frustrating when you, you get on a, uh, you know, you get on a fall, you get on some of these forums and some of these Armstrong guys, what they go through, you know, with their tuning, their shimming and doing this and trying that and, oh, it just does my head in, hey, the just it's just unbelievable how complex they are and how what they're actually doing to their rigs to sort of get them to how they suit them. And that, like you know, that's that's what sort of what they do. But you know, for me, like like you too, like I got just buckets, and so Adam's got buckets, loads of tails. I'm, I'm a real tail guy. That's more I'll be changing that than uh, than anything. And a lot of people get very lazy; they don't change their tails. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I used to back in my sup days. You know, people used to buy a sup and never change the fins ever. Yeah. And I said that was then I ended up made my own VP fins. You know, I did that for quite a few years till my factory started selling my fins to everyone else. But the you know it's, it's important, and you need to play. You know, like you, and you do need to try. Like you, you, know, you do put your little shims in. But I think people need to change their tails more. You know, they just sort of just say, well, that's all I can. Get. That's you know that's what I bought it with. And um, <clears throat> like I don't know how many tails my shield. You must have probably twenty or thirty things floating around. I've got some tails. I don't count <laughs> as a wolf. <laughs> then I might have to answer that question when someone asks. I mean, the difference in feel from tails is amazing. I mean, like, you know, I've been on the, the 1095 a whole bunch over the last month and a half here, and I can make that foil feel three very different ways. It's almost like three, you know, different surfboards. It's, you know, the blunt, I've chopped a blunt tail into this weird shape that's amazing, incredibly surfy, not quite as much glide. The KD-13... Are. So the thin 13 is kind of like my go-to at this point. And then the Takuma 178 is a brilliant tail too. And that gives me tons. Yeah, that's, that's a good little tail. Yeah. <clears throat> really relaxed yeah. on it. And so, yeah, I mean, I could basically travel with one foil and three tails and hit most conditions up to head high. Yeah. And that's basically what I did with my set. Like, yeah, I was almost, everyone doesn't realize I had my access stuff for like almost a year. So I just basically had, I had a bunch of tails and I just, would would just change, uh, change it to tune, and, uh, and it made just it just makes the biggest difference, doesn't it? It's just like it, and what people don't realise is, regardless of like you you might have a tail that has absolutely zero lift, nothing on it. It's got say it's dead flat on both sides. Mm-hmm. You go fast enough, that thing is going to plane up. It's still going to plane up. You just put enough speed under it, and when people think it's their front wing causing the breach, where it's the tail giving excess lift, which is causing the front to blow. And that's sort of, yeah, that's why the tails, when things get bigger, they get sort of a bit nastier or choppier. Yeah, that's where you've got to adjust your tail. And Axis had their early tails, like the, <clears throat> they got tons, tons and tons of lift, you know, and that's why I say to someone, I just go, their new ones are really good, the new KD ones. They're, it makes a massive difference. And, yeah, pe- people got to realise that, yeah, like I say, you put enough speed under that rear tail wing, it's going it's, to, it's, even if you've got all that front foot pressure on, that back is going to come up and that's what's going to put you in. Yep. You should get one of shameless plug here for my buddy. Pedigo, Mike Pedigo has been making a tail for Takuma that shortens the fuse length. And it's a really fast, like 13 tail. And he's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotten a bunch of orders. He's been making a bunch of them for folks and folks love them. And he just doesn't have the time to do it anymore. So he just did an order of a number of those. I don't know how many he got, but if anybody out there is interested, that's a really good tail that is now going to be made at a, at a good factory. Well, that, that's a good idea too, because, you know, it's, it's one thing that Kuma don't have. They've got one fuse, you know? So, <clears throat> and you, you can't adjust the, you can't adjust it at all. Right. So that, and a lot of people are calling for that. But, I, and I suppose, well, actually while we're on here, 
So we go to like companies like Alchemy and that, you know, Cedrus and, and all these guys doing all these uh, with all the aluminum, all the modifications. That's going to be huge. That's what we're going to see a lot more of there. I think that's fantastic. So you can put, you know, like I say, like like what I was doing, I'm putting a Takuma wing onto my Axis because I sold my Takuma gear, and, you know, and people, there's tons of people want to do that. And then you can already get the the mods to put the Takuma onto the Armstrongs. The Armstrongs, such a, you know, that's such a beautifully built rig. Yep. It'd be great if you could put any brand wing on it. <clears throat> So I think we'll see a lot more of that. And it would wouldn't it be nice if all the manufacturers got together and just had the same head? <laughs> I think about that. And what I decided is I don't think it's good yet. I think that since we're innovating right now, if we were to standardize, we would lose the innovation moving forward. And yeah. Well, yeah. But I do think that it's good that everybody's going their own direction. It's a pain when you want to, I mean, that's why I like something like the Sadris is great because you can buy one mast and then run a bunch yeah. of stuff, which I think is awesome. But yeah, I don't think people should standardize quite yet. It's going to be nice when it happens, but I hope it doesn't happen for a few years until the well, gear. Like they could at least do the tail, the whole centers the same 30 millimeters. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So the, that latest that I, I also fanatic, they, they brought out, they finally, 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 they brought out a great, beautiful prone foil. But they've gone, it's like a 40 mil hole center <sighs> on the tail. I just can't, this is what got me. And I, you know, I was looking, I've got, you've got, you know, four, you've got tails on the bottom, tails on the top, and you've got three different sets of hole centers. I go, surely they could uh, standardize that. Surely. Yeah. So, that one doesn't have anything to do with performance. So, yes, I think 30 millimeters. I mean, you're going to open yourself up to a bigger market because, like, right now, I don't really want to invest in setups that I can't use all my tails on. That's right. Yeah, too. And, and like, you know, it's a good thing like Unifoil and Arm, uh, Unifoil, Unifoil and Signature, you know, those tails are on everything. Before before we had the KDs, they, that was, you know, they probably sold 10 times more tails than they did complete sets. And yeah. that's what... Yeah, yeah, they're great. They've got a great look, and they're all, they're all my ones. That's all my early chop up stuff. They're all they're all uniform and signature tiles. Yep, no core. Yeah, so you know, on most of those. No, nah, they got a very minor core. They're beautifully built, and but yeah, you know, that race eighteen, you can do anything out. They got so many different ones, and you know, I've modified I've modified those to fit onto the axis. I've done all types of different things, you know, and I've even back in the day when everything was aluminum, I was just simply just chopping the back ends off and swapping them over. And mm-hmm. welding them back on, just so I could, just because I had, I've got, I've still got all these, you know, I'll, I'll find it like my shed, you know, so it got flooded. I go down and there's just some tail. I've just looked at it, and I've got all these angled masks too, you know, to make that mask go forward as well. I got two of those as well. I found in my shed when I cleaned it up. So, yeah, it comes down at ninety degrees and it kicks forward about like fifteen degrees, and then it goes down and straightens up again to go into the mask. So it puts the Ma puts the sorry, what's it do? Puts the oh, I can't remember. There's a guy on Instagram, Angled Foils. Have you seen? You would have seen him. It's uh, it was something like that. But I've I've got I just found all those in my shed. Oh, so good. It's cool. Yeah. I wish I had a lot of like the first gen gear that came out. Like I sold my original Uni 190, and I wish I would have kept it. I think like in 20 years, I think that I will wish that I had kept that foil to hang on the wall. Oh yeah, well that you know, like you look at it, what was the uni was the two ten was that the yep. yeah, yeah that foil to this day so that must be close to five years now. That thing is still one of the best best wings around. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's incredible. All the downwind guys are using it. The wingding guys are using it. Cliffy was so so far ahead of the pack years and years ago. Like you know, but what did he do? We went and moved to Canada for a year or so, didn't he? Did something like that, and it sort of just slowed right down. I don't know if he moved to Canada, but he, he did. He moved somewhere early in the piece, and he sort of just he went somewhere. He went somewhere for a year, and it just sort of dropped the ball on it all. And but he was only making what he was only making like five a week or something, wasn't he? <laughs> Such a small sport back then. Huh? Crazy, like we were talking about on the podcast. I was saying, like, you know, the hypers. So that's like the two ten, and then yeah. the stealth, which he did for signature, which was his vortex. Those are both yeah. really good foils today. Who else made foils four years ago that you would still take out and be like, yeah, this is a great foil? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose the only thing is just be like, you know, you, 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 but yeah, like I suppose the GoFoil Kai and the uh, the Ewa, and then you just had the, the Nash ones. That was it. That was all we had for us. And right. There was nothing else. There was nothing else. So, yeah, he was so far ahead. Unbelievable. I, you know, I, and I couldn't get one. Like I, I spoke to him. He couldn't get it. Like, you couldn't buy one. It's been so it cool was, starting this project over the last couple of weeks because like his depth of knowledge, you know, I have a lot of practical understanding. And so we're talking yeah. about feels and he knows the math behind all of it right away. He knows, yeah. like, I'm thinking, this is why I think this does this. He's like, kind of, but no, it's really this. And I won't get too granular on that yet. I think we're going to do a couple podcasts along this journey, which is going to be really fun. Kind of like building something for the surf that we ride and the way yeah. here be awesome oh that'd be cool that'd be super cool that'd be great so and he's like i know he's sort of uniform sort of changed hands that a couple of times so he's but he's still all part of it now still the whole way through it all this yeah i don't know the details on any of that but the feeling that i get from it is that he's a big part of it right now yeah so i don't yeah. know if it was in previous iterations but yeah Oh, that'd be good, mate. We don't want to lose him out of the industry, that's for sure. Heck no. No, that, that's good, mate. Oh, well, that's mate, been definitely fantastic. Great chatting again. That's unreal. It's a, always, I've always been thinking, I've been writing down little notes, and uh, I don't think I've got anything else here I wanted to say to you, but no, it's, it's a, oh, yeah, and then what's the Austin Kalama going to Nash? Wow, yeah. that's big news. What do you think about that? Well, I, mate, well, you know, there's a thing sort of going back, you know, if you're on that stand up zone forum, the American one, I don't know if you've been no, on that one much it, it's like the, it's the american version of the australian series and you know and they're sort of talking about uh, robbie nash sort of like sort of six seven months ago said look you know you're not sort of at the forefront of the foil designs and he said he, he sort of just you know said well we sort of don't need to be it's doing with all our foils doing everything that they sort of need to do which which is true you know you right. don't have to be the, the the market leader to sell foils so it just maybe that's why they've got Austin in there to maybe to to do that to get it back up there. But yeah, it's a like that's Casey and Kalama, two big losses for GoFoil. That's like you know massive. Huge. So, well, but then again, maybe, maybe but maybe there's that much money going in. I mean, you know, like I don't, I have no idea how much these guys sort of get paid and that. But you know, there's got to be a point where too much money is too much money, regardless of how many foils I sell. You'll never pick it back up. I mean, the margins just you know you're not selling cars. So, you know, it's, you know, they're $3,000 foils here. They're probably $2,000 foils over there. Like, you know, how much margin can they get out of every foil to sort of recoup all that? It's right. uh, it'd be pretty hard. But I'm all about the athletes getting paid. I do think the industry, though, I think it's been Brian and I, Brian from Foil the World and I were talking about this kind of going into this season where I think that the sales, especially on the wing side, were really good last year. And I've heard 
some of the like the numbers on how many wings some of these companies are ordering, like 5,000, 6,000 wings for the year. And at that point, like riders still really weren't getting paid at all. So I think as these brands are looking out, I think it's almost been like, like a, a grab of talent where brands are trying to position for the next few years. And because the salaries aren't big yet, they're trying to basically create the best teams now. I think salaries are going to start getting a lot better in the sport. Yeah. But I do think there's going to be a good amount of money in it. I mean, I think the trajectory, I can see it in like the listens on the podcast, the amount of people that are going back and listening to the first episodes, because that, that when I know someone's a new user, you know, and a new listener, and those numbers are growing, you know, month over month right now. So the sport is growing at a pretty clip. And I think the brands are seeing that as well and trying to get positioned for what's probably going to be a pretty big sport. I don't know what the biggest surf sport is outside of surfing, like how big kiting got ever, how big windsurfing ever got. But I, I think foiling is on pace to probably, because it covers so many different genres of the sport, you can foil on a lake, you can foil in the ocean, you can foil behind a boat, has the potential to be massive. Oh, for sure. You know, very easy way to learn to foil as well too. You know, you know, there's probably... Actually, no, probably, it's probably not the easiest way, but like you say, you can do it in the calm order. And it just, between, you know, my car, like my, even though it's a work, you know, it's, for, <laughs> oh, it's my own business, but, you know, it's designed 100%. My whole car is designed 100% to carry foiling gear. That's it. You know, I've got a tape measure in the center console and a pen. So everything else, <laughs> the back seats, the whole back, I've got trays. It's, it's all designed to carry foiling gear. So I've got, you know, I've got my prone gear, I've got my prone board in there, and I've got my wing board in there, and all my wings and everything, and it never leaves the car. And so no matter what the conditions are, it can be pouring rain, blowing its guts out, no surf, surf's too big, whatever. I could potentially surf, you know, especially where I live here, I could potentially get wet every day in foil. And it must be pretty close for the same for you there too, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, we just had a good run where I did like five weeks of basically like two a days, you know, really wow, clean and good for surfing. And then, you know, a front comes through and then we have two Epic days for runners. And then, you know, the wing, you know, we get some wind and then all of a sudden we're on the wings and yeah, it's, it's a problem, but it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and also too, we've got the towing in amongst all that as well. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's like, it's, you know, it's my whole life, basically. It's just everything, you know, you you look at Monday and you just start planning your week. So, you know, you just sort of go, okay, which day is going to be the best or something like that. And then, you know, I work up and down the coastline too. So try and line up jobs to sort of be at those sort of places, but yeah, it's crazy. And it's the, the growth, especially through COVID, it's just mental. And like, basically with COVID for here, for us, it was, it just meant nobody could come here, but, but we could foil and wing and prone and tow and do everything. Oh, I actually know we couldn't tow because you couldn't have two people on the jet ski. That was just mental, wasn't it? So we actually got pulled up by the cops and said, you have to go in. And they made me sit on the sled oh to go back. Yeah. That's such a hard time when rules are just not rational. Yeah, well, wasn't then Costa Rica? They're running down the beach, chasing surfers out with guns. Yep, and that was one shooting in the air. One clip. Yep, yeah, that's insane, wasn't it? Yeah. So, but but what it did though, like all the shops. I mean, you know, you know in, in Costa Rica, you could go fishing, so you couldn't go surfing, but you could go fishing. So, oh, so my buddy was doing is they were hopping on the fishing boats, 
and getting taken out to reef breaks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then you couldn't really like get in trouble when you're out because, but you could load up on a boat. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but I think what's happened though is like, you know, there was with all the surf shops and all that, like supping died in the ass really bad, you know, and it, what happened, there was a massive oversupply of SUPs. So that was sort of part of the reasons like JP, Neil Pride and all that, and Cabrina, like, you know, that, that all sort of fell over, was, you know, it came to, I can't remember what it was, but the, the, it, was, it came to like, you know, 2018, 2019, whatever it was, and uh, they, they had their new model boards and they didn't, you know, this is what happened to all the brands, and I just thought, let's say they produced 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 SUPs, whatever. They never went forward and the shops hadn't sold the years previous so then there was just this massive oversupply so that that hurt all those stores and it took a long time you know and then supping just died because it just became unpopular and and now all that's turned around you know with the winging and the proning and the and all that like i know the the, the proning is massive here but the winging is just uh, eclipses it. it's insane and you think if somebody goes in and, you know, like this is in Australian dollars, like, you know, wings are like, they go anything from like 1200 bucks to 1800 bucks to two grand. Then you've got a foil that goes from 1800 bucks to three grand. And then you've got a board that's, you know, they start at like 1200 and they can go up to almost three. Yep. You know, so if somebody comes in and buys a whole lot of one of those, you know, <clears throat> you're talking sort of five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine thousand dollars sales just walking out the door. Yep. And con- containers are landing and they're being emptied in a few days. And it's still like that. And stock is still like everyone is still lined up to buy those one those one oh nine fives, you know, to Kajiras. All the all the money's paid, all that type of stuff. And and the wings just come in and that the shop stops, you know, the surf effects, you know, I see it firsthand. The half stuff doesn't even get put away. It's in the middle of the shop. People just come in and pick up a box and walk out. So I think that's, you know, that's part of the reason too, why you're starting to see this, you know, the grabs for like Kalamas and the Casey's and that. To uh, yeah, because they they've they've, they've cashed up again. All the pain's gone, and um, and now, now there's just everybody into this sport, and it's crazy. Like people were balking. I mean, look at it now. Like you look at the uh, like it's three thousand uh, thirty one ninety five for these Cabrinas, and it, like the Armstrongs aren't far off that. The lifts aren't far off that, and uh, you know the Kajiras. I think they're dearer here. They're really expensive here. People are throwing money at them. You know, but whereas before, like when the Neil Pride, when that foil first came out, it was nine ninety nine in Australia. I think it was five ninety nine in the states, and everyone's going, "Oh, that's ridiculous! Who's going to pay that?" Now we're in, and now we're in, rushing in through the door and throwing three grand across the counter to get a foil. Yep, and those the- were good foils for that price too. They they were built well, like you know, for where you <laughs> were, it was. I mean, I oh, that was, you know, that's, you know, I loved it. Like, you know, it was myself and that, my mate, Marty Picarda, and the, it was, yeah, we loved him. We absolutely loved him. And to be part of the research and development, you know, I've always built Kiahi, you know, when he's in Australia and he lives a couple of hours away from me, you know, I've always been good mates with him. And it was always, it was great to be sort of working with him and testing him all out and going to the, the JP and the Neil Pride conferences. So I just, it was just fantastic. I loved it. It was like, it was, and it was right at the beginning of the sport, you know, and then, when something new came out, I was the first one to get it. And that's the thing sort of now I sort of like deliberately sort of desponsored myself so I could sort of write everything. Mm-hmm. And and I sat and then, you know, you look at these, this t- typical, this 1095, you know, it's going to say, oh, it'll be two weeks, right? So now it's been three months. So 
I've done that, waited for something out of foiling probably about 15, 20 times. And if you add it all up into dog years, I've probably lost about 10 years of my life waiting for foil products. You know, if it just goes two weeks and you just go, oh, you mean two months? No, no, you know, and it's just does my, you know, that, and that, that was the, that's the one thing I've lost, you know, like from being a, a sponsored team rider is you're not first to get it anymore. And so that's the, that's the problem, hey. So I'd love to I'd love to jump back on with Cabrina again now, but it's just the other companies just sort of come out of, you know, some very hard years. So I don't think that'll be happening too fast. But if you're listening, I want back on. They should hook it up. I mean, it, that's the beautiful thing about riding all the gears that you know you know what you want to be on, and then once yeah. you find that, then it's easy. It's tough. It is too, you know. And I say, and, I, and I'm sort of saying, you know, everyone's just saying, oh, is this is this going to be the, the the next great foil for everyone. And I said, well, I said, it is for me, you know, it dead set is for me. And all I can say is like, it's working for me. And then, you know, when I actually only, I dead set had that foil for 48 hours. So what happened, Adam had the demo that that lives in Melbourne. And then he actually went to the airport to pick up his um, flying in from the States. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I, I sort of said to the uh, Hudson, he's a Cabrina agent in Australia. So well, what's happened with the demo? He said, well, I'm on the Gold Coast for two days. You can ride it. So I genuinely, I had it for like, like it was like 40 hours I had it for. And I surfed myself. To, and then just the feedback, I just started getting all these DMs and the feedback back in the shop. And my last name's Peary. They go, you know, what the hell was Peary been riding these last two days? I said, I've never seen him go so well. You know, and so you don't. You know, every, every now and then he said, oh, you're sweet out the day, you look really good. But I just had this little bunch of just, what's he riding? He looks, sand, oh, he looks so comfortable. And, you know, normally I've got a real bad chicken wing issue pumping sometimes, which I hate when I watch the videos. My arms were down, my pump was clean, I was turning, I was surfing, I was making the takeoffs. And then, yeah, so, like, for me, it's the one, hey, it really is the magic bullet for me. It just works, and I feel comfortable on it. And I look com- And the main thing is I look comfortable on it as well, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So, but no, I must say, man, I watched, I went right through your stuff on that 109.5 and went, oh, because I cancelled my 109.5. Now I've got this and I go, oh, have I done the wrong thing? I think <laughs> you might be better served by the 1000. You know, around chest high, you know, with more energy, the 1095 starts to want to track pretty straight. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we're in, in smaller surf than you guys have better waves. So, yeah, I think that the, the thousand's probably a better foil for you. Yeah, all right. Well, good. Well, I'm staying. I'm sticking with it. That's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Still rock right. 95, though, when you get a chance. I will. I'll, I'll definitely get a chance and get it in. Like mind blowing. And to have something that could turn in, in the surf that it's comfortable in, say, you know, waist to chest high, that turns like a surf foil, but then pumps like any of the best high aspect foils. Like it is truly like the best blend of those two things. Yeah. Wow. That's you know, what I pull cool. out when I want to surf in, in smaller surf. And then it's what I pull out when I want to go out and crush distance, which is why yeah. it's the same foil. So what's it like? It must be good on the wing then, the wing foil. Wing. It, it's really fast on the wing. So I tend to be on like the 1210 because I want to go a little slower. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do on the wing. Yeah. I did. I did really like when I was winging. I did like the 1210. <clears throat> it was great. So it was great till it, till, till it chopped me in the wing to pieces. <laughs> I like the thousand Cabrina on the wing a lot too. That's a yeah, good. it's smooth. Eh? It's silky smooth. And I, 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 I jumped down some, you know, like I was fully lit and then, you know, I had to take a couple of good drops and that's a real test. And I went, Oh, here we go. Cause in generally what I used to do, I'd have to, I'd put 
so much pressure when I was on the axle on my front leg anticipating the drop, I'd actually force the board down, you know, and then if you kept that pressure off, I would just, you know, they were big drops and, you know, it sort of blow, but this, the, the thousand just stayed down and just went through. So, you know, I'm pretty impressed. I'll take it out again in the morning. Sick. Yeah, we go with the weekend, but yeah. All right, mate. Well, it's good to catch up again, hey? It's been yeah, fantastic. Good, Rob. I appreciate it. Yep. Well, keep posted, mate. Well, I'll keep chatting and definitely keep me uh, up to date on this new uh, project working on. I'm definitely very interested to see that. Yeah, I'll. Uh, it'll be, we'll release some tidbits along the way and actually going to probably crowdsource some, you know, thoughts on where we want to optimize things like that. So, but yeah, keep and, ripping. I want to see the barrel. Oh yeah, mate. Don't worry. You will. We'll have about eight. We'll have about. We'll have about eight cameras bolted to us when we do it. <laughs> you, <laughs> and you can play, play. You can. And they can play it at my funeral. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. All right, mate. That's fantastic, Eric. Good to chat right, again, Mark. eh? Thanks again for the time, brother. I appreciate it. All right, mate. No worries. Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen.